The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? that we're on our way to the annual Brussels Sprout Festival. I hope we can find a place to park. Oh, it's Ronald! Ronald parked in our parking spot! I'd better use all of my awesome ungodly powers to destroy him! Welcome, everybody. It's Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. This month, we are reviewing... Only TV shows based off of Marvel Comics, and we got a dumb one. My name is William Bibiani. <laughs> I'm a film critic for The Rap and IGN and CriticallyAcclaimed.net. Everybody calls me Bibbs. And my name is Whitney Seibold. I Whitney Seibold by day, but at night, I slam my head against the panel of fate <laughs> and become Bleeding Nose Man. <laughs> Bleeding Nose Murphy. Uh, yeah, okay, so last year in November, we did Justice Month of Justice, mm-hmm. uh, in which we reviewed a whole bunch of TV shows that were based off of DC Comics and failed, of which there are quite a few. Marvel is different. Marvel and DC are the two main competing superhero comic book companies throughout mm-hmm. most of the 20th century and today. And but they always, like... V- they were, were always vying for that extra 1%. So like 33% were miscellaneous, and 33% were Marvel, and 33% was DC. Yeah. And there's that extra 1% in there that was either Marvel or DC, depending on the month. Yeah, or like Marvel had like a particularly good 90s when like the X-Men were rebooted and were really amazing, but then DC really killed it with Infinite Crisis, Mm. and it's just been, they're just the top two biggest names in town. And then Dark Horse is like RC Cola. Like, it's good, (laughs) and it's always there, but no one ever asks for it. I'm kidding. I know Dark Horse Mm. does a lot of good things. So does that mean Image Comics was Surge? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Surge was the Zima of of beverages of of comics. Of comics. Uh, that's a that's a gross Surge. oversimplification. Stop tweeting us. Stop tweeting us. We know Surge. what we mean. We're so, giving you the basic outline. Surge was like Mountain Dew if Mountain Dew were really crappy. <laughs> so I have you had a Mountain Dew lately? Mount, Mountain Dew is really crappy. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> um okay, so Marvel struggled for many, many, many years mm-hmm. to break into TV and movies, and it really didn't have anything even remotely resembling a hit until the late 90s, unless you count, on television, The Incredible Hulk, which was a big hit. Yeah. Uh, They had a fair number of successful cartoons. Uh, X-Men in the 90s was a big hit. Uh, And they had a Spider-Man cartoon. There was was a very popular Spider-Man cartoon on Fox in the 90s. Spider-Man had a a somewhat popular cartoon in the 60s, uh, which nowadays is just kind of silly, but it's where we got that amazing Spider-Man song. Mm. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. 
in that middle chunk, there are so many failed attempts to do anything interesting. And a lot of them <laughs> had to do with the Fantastic Four, who mm. were, for a long time, Marvel's flagship comic book. They were yeah, the yeah, comic they, book. They were the star characters. But when Marvel Marvel had been around mm. until the they rebooted their whole superhero line in the 1960s, but... When they did that, the Fantastic Four was the comic book that changed everything from them. It's the comic book that broke all the rules. Mm-hmm. You were a bunch of superheroes whose public identity, secret identity, was public. Yeah, uh, they were treated as celebrities, and that was a different part of the culture. They were treated as family members. They were treated as people who didn't want to be superheroes. The Thing, in particular, was a really noteworthy superhero because his superpower made him, to his perspective, mm-hmm. ugly, and that made him ashamed of himself. And that was a really complicated character to have in a comic book well, in the early 1960s. And uh, what happened in the 1960s with Marvel is, uh, and this is going to go to the TV stuff, um, Marvel took sort of the, the godliness out of heroes. Yeah, made him really uh, human. The, 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 the central joke of all Marvel, not so much the new movies, strangely, but the old comics at the very least, is that these are superheroes. Yes, they have superpowers. Yes, they deal with outlandish villains and they wear the tights and they have the secret identities. But... They also have real-world problems that they have to deal with. And not token real-world problems. Like, the real problems are their most important problems. Yeah, yeah. And then the supervillains are on top of that and yeah, just like, make their real-life problems worse. So I think uh, Spider-Man is, like, sort of the, the, the ur-example of the mm-hmm. Marvel character. He's, he's a Spider-Man, yes, but he's also a married man. He has to look after his wife, and he has to go to a job, and he has to pay rent. And there's a really great scene in uh, Spider-Man 2, the movie, where he's he has to wash his costume like and he he's poor. He just has to take it down to a laundromat, and it runs in the wash, and it stains all his other clothes. It's I, that's one of the great that's, things about that movie. Yeah, yeah. that movie understands uh, that being a superhero would kind of suck. I, I I think the the Avengers series took all that out. Like they don't have real world problems, especially not by the time we got to like Infinity War, and they're just sort of traipsing off into the cosmos. I think they're trying to do it more with now that Spider Man's in the MCU with Spider Man mm-hmm. Homecoming. That was a little bit more about teenage stuff. A little but bit more. Yeah. For me, I, the problem with that movie was he was still too closely related to Tony Stark and had all this great technology right. and I thought it kind of it kind of got too focused on the plot and as opposed to what the character would really be going through but that's neither here nor there. My point is the Fantastic Four had a bunch of cartoon series over the years and some of them were better than others some of them were faithful mm-hmm. than others. One of them was a series in which the Human Torch who was a guy who could put his whole body on fire safely mm-hmm. and shoot fire at people and fly uh, was replaced by a robot named Herbie. Uh <laughs> Who, who was the love bug? I guess uh, I believe so, and uh, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great character. Uh, but uh, I think the the problem with the Fantastic Four is they were really great in comic form, and there has yet to be something that can really visually approximate what they've been able to do with just simple panel drawings. Even in animation, mm-hmm. a character like Mister Fantastic who stretches and contorts his body takes a lot of work. It's hard to animate well, something like that in hand drawing. And so and, when they and tried, in CGI, it's yeah. still difficult to make that look good in th- like in a 3D space. Well, so and, and even in the the Fantastic Four movies, they haven't been able to really nail it. When they try to focus on Fantastic Four as movies, they tend to try to focus on the characters. Mm. And it's just like, oh, they're just hanging out and being superheroes. I'm like that's part of it, but they're also Explorers mm. and scientific geniuses who routinely break the laws of physics for fun. <laughs> like it'd be like in, if Indiana Jones was crossed with Lex Luthor. Like that's the kind of like sci-fi power and mm. heroism you would get in one package. Yeah. Um. So 
I love the Fantastic Four. I grew up reading the Fantastic Four. Mm. There was a time, there was a long time, when the Fantastic Four comics had the world's world's greatest comics magazine mm. on the cover of every <laughs> issue, and nobody questioned it. Everyone was like, well, yeah. That's the world's greatest one. That's that's the anything can happen in that comic, and it's always good. Like it's a really wonderful, wonderful comic. It changed comics history multiple times. So it was really disappointing to see all these crappy cartoons, and none of the Fantastic Four cartoons were crappier than the Hanna Barbera version. Fred and Barney meet the Thing. We don't have a promo for this, but I'm going to give you a little clip. To let you listen in on Thing's existential crisis. What's wrong, Benji? You look like a lost puppy. Nothing, I guess. Except sometimes I feel so discouraged. Why? Why? I'll show you. Thing ring, do your thing! Yuck! What a weird-looking creep! Who'd want to look at an orange slab of rock like me? I would. Huh? And so would lots of people. My sister thinks you're terrific. Yeah? Well, uh, why not? After all, ain't I the idol of millions? Well, I... I'm really sad about the way I look, but at least I'm famous. At least I sound like Joey Bishop. Dink a dink a doo. Okay, so the thing. The thing mm. in the original comics was a test pilot, presumably for NASA. Mm. Named uh, Ben Grimm. Yep. Probably in his mid to late 30s, older man. Um, he goes off into space with his best buddy, Reed Richards, to test a scientific theory. They are hit by cosmic rays, and tragedy strikes. They all get superpowers, and the thing gets it worst of all. He ends up looking physically different than he did before well, in a way that is physically unappealing to him they, and many others. They turn into the elements, essentially. Yeah, one, one, one is flowy like water, one's invisible like air, uh, one's on fire, yeah. and he's the rock guy. He's the earth guy. It makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, he. But the point is, is that... that was, <laughs> It makes sense, of course, perfectly. It, that it's a perfectly good structure for superheroes. Why not? So that's the that was the origin of the thing. Mm. In the cartoon, they were like, "How can we make this confusing and weird?" Well, and here's the thing: halfway through, they explain something. Uh-huh. Halfway through the run of the series, it ran a uh, 26 segment, 13 episodes, uh, two segments per episode. Yeah, like 11 minute segments. And halfway through this run. They, they blow finally, my mind. They finally give you the origin story, and it makes even less sense. Okay, so at first, when you're first watching this show, you think, here's what they've done to the thing. It's about a teenager named mm. Benji Grimm. Mm. Maybe it's young Benjamin Grimm. Maybe it's his nephew. It's, I don't give a shit. It's a modern teenager. He's yeah. a, a thin, gangly, awkward, unpopular kid. Peter Parker. He's Peter Parker. He's Peter Parker. Okay, and every time something bad happens, or even time something, every time something even, mildly even annoying happens. Like, like that, that uh, somebody parked in our spot. It's a plot. That's the plot first point. thing that happens in a Thing cartoon. That was the first episode. Uh-huh. The first thing that happens. Uh, so they, he's abusing his power left and right. And he transforms into the Thing by taking two rings, one on each hand, putting them together. Yeah, punching and, his fists. And saying, Thing ring, do your thing. And mm-hmm. then rocks fly out from God knows where. They, I don't know if it's just they, they're just they, rolling rocks from wherever they, is nearby or if they're in a parallel dimension waiting to be summoned. They, they fly off from out of frame. 
Apologies. <laughs> You're right. That makes much more sense. Well, uh, just like the He-Man transformation, it's the same animation each time he transforms. Yeah. Uh, and it's a way to, it's a way to gonna, save money on like 30 an, seconds of animation. In, in, in an 11-minute segment, they play that at least four times. <laughs> it's a great way to pad out your episode. So yeah, it says, Thing Ring, do your thing. He punches his rings. Mm. He becomes the thing. But he... He's not Benji anymore? Yeah, now he's the thing. He's like a 40-year-old Brooklynite. Benji is not from Brooklyn, as you may have noticed. Mm. He has a Brooklyn accent. He sounds like a 40-year-old who's been smoking three packs of cigarettes a day mm. since he was 11. His throat is made of rocks. Give him some... I'm got, just saying gra- that's what he's... He's gravel-voiced, get it? Okay, I'm just saying that's what he sounds like. All right. I'm not, I'm not accusing... <laughs> although, the thing used to smoke cigars in the comics... I'm sure they had to put the kibosh on that at some point. There was even yeah. a joke in the Fantastic Four movie with Michael Chiklis when mm. they're like looking inside his body trying to x-ray scan him. It's mm. like, is, is, is it bad? You know, I used to smoke. Like, oh, that's cute. Which is fair. Mm. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, he turns into like another guy. And mm. then every time he turns into the thing, the thing has a slightly different personality. He knows what's going on, but it's mm. really odd. So they're, I guess it's like Venom. They like share a brain. A like they're bit. they're both conscious at all times. Yeah, and then... After a while, like, oh, is it like five or six episodes or something, mm. they we're finally introduced to a scientist, not Reed Richards, mm. Dr. Harkness, unrelated to the Marvel versions, uh, Marvel characters named Harkness. I'm sure there are plenty of Marvel characters uh, named Harkness. Agatha Harkness was was uh, Franklin Richards' uh, babysitter for a while, mm. and she was a, uh, a sorceress. I, I can only think of... Uh Captain Jack Harkness from from the Torchwood, the Torchwood, and Doctor yeah. Who spinoff. Uh, but after a while, we finally see the thing with a scientist and this young girl he's living with, the scientist's daughter Kelly. Mm. Um, and we find out I blowing my. I watched this show when I was a kid, and if you miss this episode, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> well, even if you see this episode, you don't know what's going on because it makes less sense. Okay, so it's basically the thing is we're talking gonna, to we're the doctor. center on this episode because this is the only episode that offers any sort of myth or story or arc. Everything else is sitcom crap. Yeah. So we'll get to that later, but right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now, we want to talk about this episode in which, uh, and the episode is called The Oh, is it the day the thing ring didn't do a thing? No, that's the one where the thing ring got stolen. Mm. Uh, hold on, let me let me find the right episode title so I can so I can give you the gist it, of it's it. It's the one, yeah, like where he starts transforming randomly. Uh, uh, not the things, the play, the thing of the treasure hunt, out to launch. Day the thing. I think it's two thing or not two thing. That's it. The All thing right. or not two thing. Thank you. <laughs> God, these titles. <laughs> The thing is talking to Dr. Harkness. It says, Doc, I gotta, you gotta fix me. You gotta kill me. It's been too long. Mm. I keep turning into this teenager and I keep turning into this rock monster and I've never been grim anymore. And that's when you realize Benji isn't real. The thing isn't real. Uh-huh. There's only Ben Grimm, and he's been split in two. And there's like the young, dorky version of him, which isn't even actual him. Mm. And there's the thing. Yeah. And, and Ben Grimm is lost. He he, he is <laughs> his consciousness is is vanishing. It's you expect him to have one of those like really existential conversations like at the end of the incredible shrinking man. It's like, <laughs> but I still I still exist to God. You know, like it, he's not he he is neither here nor there. He is nowhere. Well, because the th- the point of this episode is the doctor gives him this uh, uh injection or serum or whatever the hell it is, and the whole thing is if it, it's by the end of the day, we'll know if it worked. Until then there might be some side effects. Mm. You should try not to do anything. And then Benji is like goaded into a skiing trip by a rich <laughs> jerk because the guy's like, "Oh, he's too chicken to ski." I'm not too chicken. I'll do anything you say. 
Mm. Oh, we hadn't invented Back to the Future yet. Kids didn't know that was stupid. Okay, fine. The, 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 we'll get to the friendship dynamic between the four main characters. It's unbelievably unhealthy. It's really like, gross. All, from all four directions. Uh, these, these kids should not be hanging out together. They're not, not at all. Fr- they're not good friends. They're not good to each other. They're, they're all they're, monsters. They're cruel monsters, yeah. and they're really mean. But my point is this. He's been told by the end of the day, Benji will not exist. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the thing won't exist either. And it'll just be Ben Grimm, 35, 40-year-old, mm. you know, uh, uh, pilot. And what will happen to Benji? He'll presumably blink out of existence. And instead of thinking about this, mm. he's like, I'm going to prove I'm not chicken. I'm going to go on this skiing race. Benji. I appreciate your in denial. <laughs> we need to. We're, we someone needs to step in and tell you no skiing race that will not define you. You need to come to terms with the futility of your own existence because this is you got a fifty fifty chance of this being your last day on earth. I, 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 I know you're a teenager and don't you don't appreciate the finality of death, but holy God, do we! And I just wanted to reach into the screen and just be like, "Hey, buddy, you ever see like?" Before sunrise, do you want to just have like a couple hours where we talk about everything? Because I don't like you. In fact, I hate you as a character. But like, no one deserves to die when they're a teenager. So like, what well, and, what can and, I do to like make these not, last hours special? And, and it's so amorphous. Like, it's not even death. Just he'd be he'd just be gone. Yeah, it wouldn't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, like he's not being bodily rent or being murdered or anything. Just he, he'd vanish. It's so weird and that they brought the this up. They, they didn't have to bring this up. Well, and they brought it up, but they still haven't given one word to those fucking rings. Yeah. Where did they come from? Why does it? How does he have them? Why is he Why cursed? Where are the him? other Fantastic Four? What's going on? Well, okay, I accept that there's no other Fantastic Four. There's no reference to them. It's fine. Okay. In this universe, there is only the thing. Okay, so the thing okay. got bombarded with cosmic rays, and that was it. And that was it. No he one was, else he was, okay, test, he was the he was, and he was the only test pilot in this and, version. And to his credit, I'm going to say this right now. Let's just say that's the case. There's no Reed Richards in this one. And well. Reed Richards spent the majority of his career as a scientist trying and failing to cure Ben Grimm. Okay. Dr. Harkness found a way to at least make him human so we can walk around. Yeah. Dr. Harkness is a better scientist than Reed Richards. Well, but d- did Dr. Harkness do that? Did he invent those rings? I assume he invented the rings. Otherwise, where did he get them? Did the cosmic so did rings he, say, hey, sorry about the mutation. Use these bad boys. You know, oh, is, it, there it, any, is there some sort of trick? Yeah, you gotta say something really stupid. Mm. <laughs> like, has to ri- it has to rhyme. <laughs> thing ring, do your onion ring. No, that's stupid. Worked. Thing ring. Now I'm an onion ring man. <laughs> thing ring, play with string. Oh, crap. No. <laughs> Hold on, I'll get a better one. So, when we find this episode, and again, this is... And it's lost in the middle. Like, it's this is this, not the pilot. It's it's the 14th installment of this 26th installment animated <laughs> series. When we finally get to this, you realize what's actually happening here is Ben Grimm, an old man, is masquerading more or less as a high schooler, and he's doing this. And what he's doing every episode is something painfully pointless and stupid, it's and the, you're mad at him for doing it's, it. It's like the... Occasionally, he'll do something kind of heroic. There's yeah. a, like a, a couple a, of supervillains here or there. S- s- some supervillain-ish characters are not really exciting. He'll stop a disaster, uh, like, yeah, like a train like, derailing. A, a train or... is derailing, uh, the, the, a boat is heading for a bridge, and it lifts the bridge. Like He does like actual heroic stuff here and there. Yeah, every but, fifth thing he does. Uh, but at the same time, he is 
I'm guessing he's so entrenched, like his consciousness is so meshed now with Benji's brain that his concerns are now Benji's concerns. Yeah. And he can't think beyond uh, an average teenager. Like his mind has been forced to uh, demature back to adolescence. And he can, so and, he, and he can only have the concerns of Benji, who is an incredibly selfish teenager. Do you realize So that- when he turns into the thing, he immediately springs to action, but only in the way Benji would want him to. The metaphysical like, can of worms that that opens is beyond my can or my so, Barbie. Uh, I just can't so it. he, like, oh no, somebody took our parking spot. I'm going to summon my godly powers so I can move a car. Now, to be fair, and this is one of the reasons I'm looking forward to that movie Shazam, mm-hmm. if I were a kid, if I were 14 years old and I suddenly had godlike powers... That's the kind of crap I would do. And to be fair, I will give you another to be fair. Mm. The guy who took their, he didn't just take their parking spot. He parked across three parking yeah. spots and then took a nap in the back seat. So when, when you're 14, this is the gravest of injustices. No, if this was, a, if someone took a picture of this guy in social media, it would be considered the gravest of injustices. Yeah. <laughs> like, people yeah. would, like, people would, he'd be fired. Mm. Like, like downvoted off of Reddit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Yeah, we're we're dealing with the concerns of Benji, and that Ben that he has these godlike powers to do really banal things is fine because the teenager is thinking to do this. I guess, but, like when Sh- when Shazam stops a, a a robbery, it's like, well, thank you, Shazam. It's like, th- and you know what he says? Thanks. Can I get some free soda? Yeah. It's like, what superhero does that? Well, a ten year old superhero does that. Yeah. Uh, let's real fast before we get into the characters and the episodes, and the episodes are not going to take long because they're stupid and dumb. Uh, but I want to talk about the thing that we. It's the elephant in the room, and we kind of glossed over it. Fred this and is, Barney. Yeah. <laughs> the show is called Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. Now, Fred and Barney are not random Fred and Barney. They're Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble from the Flintstones. Mm. We're we're in the Hanna-Barbera tar pits at the moment. Uh, and we're just well stuck <laughs> and desperately trying to escape, and there's okay. no escape ever. Hanna-Barbera put out a lot of short-lived shows or shows that were, like, vanished and then came back or were repurposed or... They made it like one season and they completed a half of a season and they mixed them together and then repackaged as a new show. There was a lot of horrendous rebranding going on during the heyday of Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, there are like 80 different Scooby-Doo cartoons Mm -hmm. and with the exception of, oh, this one has Scrappy in it, you couldn't tell half of them apart. Right. And... Remember this, when Orbity came in with the Jetsons? I do remember when Orbity came in. Orbity, I, Orbity was they, like was the but they was, folded. Orbity or, was Orbity was the love child of uh, the Great Gazoo and Scrappy. Like yeah, when they or, had Orbity sex, was, they had Orbity. <laughs> or, Orbity was just as annoying. <laughs> or, Orbity can die in a fire. Yes, Sh- shove him in the soul reclamator. So um, the idea of Fred and Barney was it was a new version of Fred and Barney, and this is a weird. It was called one. the New Fred and Barney Show too. And, it was like a spinoff of the Flintstones. What was really weird is that so there was the Flintstones, and that was just this caveman ripoff of the Honeymooners. Mm-hmm. It was intensely popular. Had a bunch of animated spinoffs before the, the Fred and Barney meet the thing. They had already, Hanna-Barbera had already done a spin-off series about their kids, Pebbles and Bam Bam, as teenagers. Yes. The Which new I think f- was just called Pebbles and Bam Bam. I think so. Or, or, or the some- Pebbles and Bam Bam show. Something. Or, you know. When the Fred and Barney Meet the Thing came along, they were back to being toddlers. Yeah. I don't know. It's just out of chronological I, order. It's fine. It's, just, it's slightly confusing. Hey, with all these parallel canons in popular culture right now, I think it's easy to, to wrap your head around now. So the only time Fred and Barney actually met the Thing, I want to make this abundantly clear, is mm. in the credit sequence. Yes. That's it. That's the only time they ever actually physically met. Now, you would think the Flintstones and all of the characters have, like, rock puns in their names. Barney Rubble, uh, mm. uh, Stony Curtis was on mm. there. Um, 
you would think Mr. Slate, a character that is made of rock, would fit very well into this universe. I don't understand why you don't put the Flintstones with Captain Caveman. They could actually meet. <laughs> that would make perfect sense. I, I Captain think, Caveman was a caveman. I'm pretty sure they did. It's I probably point. Yeah. No, or care anymore. Anyway, the show it's aired not from... Not as bad as when Yogi Bear met space aliens. The but. show aired from September 22nd through December 1st, 1979, and it aired in reruns forever. I used to watch this show. Now, obviously, I didn't see every episode because mm. I don't remember that whole weird crazy origin story bit, but I saw a lot of these when I was a kid. Uh, it was produced by Art Scott. Art Scott was responsible oh for a, a adorable teddy bear show called The Biscuits. B-I-S-K-I-T-T-S. Biscuits. Also the cartoon I, I, series... I vaguely remember The Biscuits. Also the cartoon series Laverne and Shirley in the Army. Oh yeah! I, so if you I love watched, Laverne and Shirley, I watched that one. Yeah, yeah it's Laverne and Shirley, but now, now you find out what happens <sighs> if they win in the army. And then, of course, there was Laverne and Shirley with special guest the Fonz, in which Laverne I did and not Shirley, see the, the special guest the Fonz TV series. Laverne and Shirley were in the army, and the Fonz ran the motor pool. All right. Yeah. This then, is people got paid for that, and then Norm from the Honeymooners was their people general. People got uh, paid for that, and uh, I th- I think it's. Maybe some of our younger listeners are just now beginning to understand the psychic damage that was done to our generation. Yeah. The the reason we still obsess over Transformers and Thundercats and Mm. He-Man is because those were the most watchable shows we had. Were they good? Mostly no. No, those were bad shows. But they were better than the other Mm. shit. (laughs) So you're subjected to our hand-me-downs, and I'm sorry. And our hand-me-downs are awful. I would much rather we just skip ahead a couple of decades... And get a Gravity Falls and star in the Forces of Evil. Or, you know, get, get those movies. Get I would no, much rather do that. Nostalgia for better stuff. Yeah, yeah. The seventies and eighties sucked. Uh-huh. To be a kid, well, good and, toys, bad everything and, else. And we've talked about this before. It was all because of this you know, revolutionary limited animation that Hanna Barbera mm. kind of popularized. They didn't invent it, but. Uh, it saved a cha- lot of time and money. Change, uh, that is, changing the design of the character so you didn't have to animate as much. Mm-hmm. So they were really simple. They didn't have to turn their heads. You could only have to like animate their mouth or their eyes in any given. Mm-hmm. And you could churn out anim- uh, cartoons much faster than you could like if you were at, say, Walt Disney Studios. Exactly. Uh, so The Thing was a superhero story made along those same lines. Uh, the, it starred... Uh, Wayne Morton as Benji Grimm. Oh, shit, I forgot to uh, look up everyone's uh, <laughs> credits. The one person I remember very distinctly. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, Benji Grimm is played by uh, a guy named Wayne Morton. Yeah, well, Art Matrano is the only, like, real uh, name that I recognized. Well, Art Matrano plays Spike, who is the mm. leader of the Yancey Street Gang. Uh-huh. Uh, the Yancey Street Gang are things, arch nemeses in the show. They are bumbling oafs. That's their mm. shtick. They are from the comics. Uh, sort of from from the Fantastic Four comics. Sort of. Uh, we found out relatively <coughs> early on, like very early on in the comics, like first run, mm-hmm. that Ben Grimm, when he was growing up in Brooklyn, he was part of a gang. He was part of a Yancey Street gang. Okay, you know, street toughs. Um, and after he was turned into a superhero and became world famous, they would pull practical jokes on him. <laughs> All the time, like like random issues would just be like, ah, Doctor Doom's gonna gonna use the Latvian consulate to destroy all the Earth's water. Oh well, at least I got this package from my best friends, the Yancey Street Gang. There's a pie in the face inside. Yeah, <laughs> there was a great issue later on that was the funniest thing. Like like decades later. Mm-hmm. When it was revealed that the Ancy Street Gang never sent him anything and it was the Human Torch the whole time. 
Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> that was funny. Oh. That was fun. It's funny for us. Funny for Human Torch. Mm. Not funny for the thing. None of this is funny for the thing. <laughs> no, he has a the he thing has a hard a, enough life as the, it the is. The thing leaves a miserable existence. He really does. Uh, so we got that going on. Uh, so he has a teenaged friend slash sidekick is a tomboy is the daughter of dr harkness and i'm not sure how old she is like, I can't, she looks like i'm she's guessing he's like 16 or 17 and maybe she's 14 that's the yeah. vibe i get uh and she's her name is kelly she's played by noel north uh mm. kelly and has she, an, and for the first half of the series she doesn't know his secret and then suddenly she does no she always does she, she always, always does ta- she doesn't always talk about it okay it's not always a plot point it seems uh, like in the second half of the series, they started more explicitly mentioning that she knew. Yeah. Um, and Kelly has an older sister who doesn't know, which yeah. is weird because her dad is behind this and her sister knows. Uh, but there's an older sister named Betty. She's played by Marilyn Schreffler. Marilyn she's Shre- named Betty, but she's Veronica. Yeah, she looks like Veronica and she acts like Veronica. <laughs> she, she's she's very a, stuck up and, and vain and mm. she's dating the richest guy in school. We'll get to that I, in a second. And she, has she along with every woman in the universe, mm. has a crush on the thing. Oh, well, yeah. He's this Basically. hunky stud. He walks around in a speedo. Oh, I suppose mean, he has rock hard abs. But yeah, <laughs> he's the idol oh, of millions. He is the idol of millions. We never see him do like mall appearances or anything like that. He only refers to himself as an idol of millions, which made me lend a weird well, sort of pathos to the character. Like that's the only way he can get through the day is convincing himself well, that's that I he thought, is or was the idol of millions. That's why I thought maybe he was downgraded from the Fantastic Four. He used to be the idol of millions. And now mm. he's hiding out because he's got this embarrassing other transformation that's going mm. on, and he's, now he's stuck in this bullshit town of Centerville, anywhere USA. Centerville. Yeah, the most generic town imaginable. Gen- most generic but, white town imaginable. Sorry. But, they, uh, they, and they have a lot of fairs and carnivals and circuses. Yeah, every episode. There, there are at least seven or eight episodes about a fair, a carnival, or a circus. Uh, Marilyn Schreffler plays the older sister, Betty. She also plays the principal, Miss mm-hmm. Twilly, who has the least funny shtick I have ever encountered she's Ms. in Mellop anything. I know. She's, but, but she's, she's, but she's, she's a bad, bad ver- at it. She's a bad version of Miss Malaprop, but Miss Malaprop, the Dickens character. Explain Miss uh, Malaprop because not everyone knows the character. Uh, well, you've probably heard the word Malapropisms that comes from Dickens. Uh, Charles Dickens wrote a character named Miss Malaprop who was in. Uh, oh, golly, I'm totally blanking. Not the old curiosity shop. Um, I'll look it up. <laughs> they all start to run together after a while. I read all of Dickens' books like in a row, and now all of the, story, the stories kind of blend together. I'm not bragging. It's just something I did. But uh, yeah, after a while, the stories start to blend together. So I'm sorry if I mix them all up. But Ms. Malaprop was a, a character who famously got famous sayings wrong or said like a slightly wrong word. And when The Rivals. Happened, the ri- and it was oh. not Dickens. It was Richard Brinsley Sheridan's play. The Rivals. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. 1975. Sorry, 1775. Miss Malaprop is from Dickens, dude. uh, Not not according to Richard Brinsley Sheridan, who wrote The Rivals. Hold on. I got to look this up. Okay. (laughs) Because I feel like a total (laughs) asshole now. Have you been telling everybody? You've been telling everybody. Who who wrote the character of Mrs. Malaprop? (laughs) Just Google that shit. Yeah. The, the rivals, the rivals, the rivals, Mistress Quickly, da 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 da, character. Ah, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You did, did you just malaprop history? I, I I just I just realized I've been getting getting something wrong for years. Isn't that annoying? That's so annoying. It is, but you know what? We're gonna leave uh, it in anyway because it, it's humanizing. I, uh, yeah, sure. We love you. <laughs> now I'm just an embarrassed asshole. <laughs> so 
Someone was mentioning, I started on a podcast, uh, uh, someone was mentioning, the closest most people will ever feel to being a ghost is listening to a podcast uh, and hearing the hosts struggle to remember trivia you know. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just really, mm. it, it hurts. So, mm. for those of you who are familiar with the works of Richard Brinsley Sheridan, uh, we apologize, mm. we, we didn't mean to make you feel like a ghost. Uh, but in any case, Miss, Miss, Twi- Miss Twilly? Twilly. Twilly. She's the older principal, and her whole thing is every time she talks, she mixes up two words. Mm. So, like, oh, but she always, like, adds this kind of mild Taz quotient to it. Like, she kind of sputters a little bit. I I mix up two words. I know, I mix up two words. Mm. Like, that's the whole joke. Mm. Uh And she does it 80 times an episode. And it makes me die. I die a little inside every time she talks. <laughs> and it hurts me. Uh, the Thing is one of many Hanna-Barbera cartoons, which included a laugh track, mm. which I always rejected in Hanna-Barbera cartoon for two reasons. One, I don't think a live studio audience was watching the animators. No. And two, it's never funny. Mm. Not once. <laughs> there was one joke I recognized as an actual joke. It's when they run into a movie set. And it's called Miracle Productions. That's mm. the name of the Russian company. Miracle Productions. If it's a good movie, it's a miracle. Mm. That's an actual joke. Is it's it a funny? funny? Joke. It's not particularly, but it's a real joke. Sounds like something they stole from the Marx Brothers anyway. Doesn't but, it? Yeah. Uh, and of course, the last person in their main crew is Ronald Radford, played mm. by John Irwin. John Irwin is best known as the voice of He-Man. They mm. sounded a little familiar, that's why. <laughs> uh, Ronald Radford is the rich aristocrat teen and he's introduced alternatively as the villain and the wacky sidekick character. And they well, can never seem to decide if he's like an <clears throat> asshole or just a funny rich kid. He's an asshole that they hang around with. And you realize, and this is another thing, like a, a blow against these characters. They're hanging around with him just because he's rich. Mm-hmm. Now, Betty is is dating him ostensibly. She is. She is. They're dating. So they're dating, although she openly flirts with other people. And she flirts with Benji a lot to get him to do whatever. So mm. Benji is incredibly callow and weak-willed. Uh-huh. Or at least he's, or at least easily manipulated. He's, like, you feel bad uh, for him. Like, you know, yeah. he's like, he's just like, I have hormones! And you're just like, oh, Benji. Uh, go, yeah, go, like, go away and, go away and, 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 until you don't have those anymore, if you do something, If you do something really dangerous for you, I'll, like, I'll blink at you in a sexy way. Oh, oh okay! Okay, Betty! Uh, whatever, I can't... Yeah. Hey, look, look, I was 14. I couldn't think then either. This is so. what Hannah Barbarans think teenagers are like. Mm. <laughs> I got nothing. Um, but yeah, uh, but but yeah she, they're using this guy for his money. So they're using him for his money. He's he's shallow. He has no experience with real like real world problems. They go camping in one episode, and he has like a, an inflatable mansion with an elevator in it. And, that's, and, and for him, that's roughing it. He's never known hardship. Yeah. However, mm. he's not. That, he's really generous, actually, with his billions. That's true. He, he does. Very, he gives people everything. He does. Yeah. It's nothing to him. He's fine. They're like, oh, you want to? You want to? Want a mansion? Get you a mansion. Yeah. Want a mansion? I don't give a shit. It's, like, it's fine. We're gonna go horse riding. Oh, that. Sorry, Ronnie, but I don't have a horse. That's okay. I just bought six. Take one. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, like it, it, I, I, he's still stuck up. Mm. He's not evil. 
he's just stuck up about it. Yeah. Like, he's actually really quite... He invites them all to his hoity-toity events. Like, he doesn't have to do any of that. Like, he talks about, like, oh, yes, well, but, uh, you know, quality breeding. But yeah. I will literally let all of you come to everything mm. because you're my only friends in the universe. Like, if he ever actually <laughs> broke down for a moment, he probably cried because he realized that as, as antagonistic mm. a relationship as he has with Benji and Kelly and as difficult a, rom- a romance as he has with Betty, mm. they're the only people who love him because his parents are not in the picture. I, I would love to see like a Linklater type catching up with these characters 30 years later and and he has that breakdown moment. It's like, why do you think I always had you with me? You're the only people I liked. You're the only people who would hang out with me. Well, no, because what happened was they would finally have this breakdown. We're only we're hanging out with you for your money. I knew that. <laughs> but you were still the only ones who did. <laughs> and you feel, I, I started feeling bad for him. I'm supposed to hate him. I'm supposed well, to at least only, disapprove. Only like every third episode you're supposed to hate him because yeah. he does dickish things like dares them to do something stupid or uh, there's one episode where he's trying to debunk something they believe in just because he's a dick because he's a dick about it but i i guess we've all had friends like that friends that we hang around with persistently who are kind of dicks from time to time yeah people just have competitive attitudes yeah. like, or, or like you just, know just think, think of your dear listeners or and you mr bibiani think of like your circle of friends there's a dick in there somewhere like when you were in high school <laughs> especially when i was in high school yeah, yeah, there, there yeah. Was, you probably knew a couple <laughs> no, no, of dicks in I, high school I, i've known several days yeah. and they were and you still hung out with them and you yeah. still invited them to parties because and you stuff. knew them well enough to know that that wasn't all there was to them yeah. or if you found out that's all there was to them you stopped being friends with them so ronald is very complex ronald is actually like I, ronald is my favorite character in the in the whole series because yeah he's a he's a schmuck and it's good to see him get his comeuppance but mm-hmm. at the same time he's not evil mm-hmm. all of his foibles are really a result of being a teenager being inexperienced with the world having a worldview that's dictated entirely by snobbish parents mm-hmm. but he's actually constantly contradicting that by hanging out with people who or out of his class would yeah. be considered out of his class yeah. Ronald is a great character the thing is not I, I, uh, Betty we don't know much about Betty's background but I'm guessing she she's not rich otherwise she would talk about we've it we've seen their houses they're not rich they're yeah. okay but they're not rich mm-hmm. and she's very eager to make her mark in the world so, she goes to acting classes she wants to be uh, homecoming queen you know she's <laughs> she's, she's ambitious she's amb- <laughs> look thing about her father's a scientist her sister mm-hmm. is a tomboy they don't have any of those aspects of their family or their position mm-hmm. or their social class that is outwardly impressive. Mm-hmm. And she wants that. She yearns for that. She wants to be noticed. Which I, why do you think she's dating Ronald? Mm-hmm. Why do you think she's infatuated with The Thing? The Thing is a 40-year-old cigar-chomping rock monster. <laughs> but he's famous. Mm-hmm. And he's nice. And she'll take it. <laughs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. We've thought more about this, I think, than anyone look, they, ever they get, Look, they gave us this. This is what we have. <laughs> Thank you. This is what they presented us, presented to us. Bastards. Uh, okay, let's let's run down while we mm. while we have time. Let's run down uh, real fast because there's again there's no meat on these. Yeah. This, these are eleven minute episodes. Uh, the first episode mm. ever was Picnic Panic. This was leading with your best foot forward. What are we going to do? How are we going to introduce the world to the wonderful adventures of one of the Earth's greatest superheroes? The thing. They go on a picnic. That's it. That's what we got, folks. That's it. And, and nothing really like and there's bikers. And I wasn't sure if the bikers when they first show up, their their character design is so much different from the main characters. Like the main characters have that sort of Scooby Doo 
like lanky seventies yeah, bell bottom frame. Yeah. But they look like like they have sort of regular human proportions, whereas the gangsters have like much more cartoony proportions. One has a, a tiny head and no eyes and gigantic shoulders, and yeah. one is like three feet tall, and so. They seemed like they would they were gonna be just guest stars for the episode. They Turns out they're like, regulars. They feel like they're vestigial leftovers from like the beach blanket bingo villains, where it's like yeah. we need villains for this, but it's gotta be mm. really cute, but they have to act like villains, so they'll be dumb bikers. Mm. Great. Anyway, there's a there's Miss Twilly gets stuff in her potato salad. Uh, there's <laughs> the end. That's it. I, it's all gone. Anyway, next up, uh. Bigfoot meets the thing. Now at first I was just like, oh. Okay. All right, you you're, you're you've caught my attention. Yeah. Okay. Bigfoot meets the thing. Okay, I could that'd be kind of fun. Like you could do that in a comic, and that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. What do you got? So they're going to a cabin in the woods, and the Yancey Street gang decides to scare them off by dressing up as Bigfoot. But wouldn't you know it? There's an actual Bigfoot. It I... tries to have sex with the member of the Yancey Street gang mm-hmm. who is dressed as Bigfoot. The thing kind of stops it. And we're done. <laughs> kind of stops. Well, because at the end, isn't he like being chased around or something? something like it's like really that, weird. Yeah. Like it's kind of not resolved, and he realizes right, that no. the Bigfoot's really lonely, and you feel really bad for it. I like to think that this is all Marvel canon, <laughs> which means there's like really a Bigfoot well, who's chasing around a biker, and in, in like, and that'll show up in, the, in an Avengers feature film at some point. There are actually several Sasquatch type characters in oh, the Marvel. In universe. fact, there is a Sasquatch in Alpha yeah. Flight. Yeah, exactly. So like, that's that's not. That's not unreasonable. That's, that's, that's our natural that's right, The thing. Canadian superhero team has a Yeti on it. Yeah. <laughs> what we knew about uh, Canada, I guess, at the time. Moving on. One, uh, one could shoot poutine out of his hands. Oh, God. Uh, the next episode is uh, Junkyard Hijinks. And this one, they need to clean up a junkyard. Mm. But the Yancey Street Gang lives in that junkyard, and they don't want them to. And the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like, the Yancey Street Gang is right. Mm-hmm. They have no more rights to that property than the Yancey Street Gang, and that's where they live. And they were like, oh, the Yancey Street Gang, can't believe it. They put a fence around their property so we couldn't break all of their stuff that they own. We should stop that. And I'm like, <laughs> dudes, they're right. <laughs> Once, they're actually right. And, and this is the episode where they have an anthropomorphic cat in a hat. Uh, that's a little later, actually. Oh, okay. That's because that's the dog show one. Oh, you're right. They, eventually, we get to an anthropomorphic cat, which is mm. totally breaks the rules of the universe. But okay, the next one is Gone Away Gulch, and this one they go away to a gulch. Isn't there like a haunted saloon? Yeah, the, that's right. This is the western episode, yeah. and we get to end the the. They try to get the thing a horse that's big enough for him to ride on, and he gets to wear a ten gallon hat. He gets on a horse and he kills it because he breaks its spine. And they give him a bigger horse and he still breaks its spine. And it's really tragic and horrendous. And he kills all those horses. Hold on. You watch the director's cut. That's not fair. We're only talking about the actually released versions of these. The next episode is called Circus Stampede. Mm The first of many circus episodes. There's actually quite a few circus episodes in this one. But, when, when you live in Centralville, Middleton, whatever it was Centerville. called. Centerville. There's not a lot to do. And 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 traveling circuses go through all the time. Yeah, so that's so, that's what you do on a Wednesday night. So this one, the Ancient Street Gang sets a mouse loose at the circus to scare and, the to scare the elephants, and a giant uh, uh, gorilla 
like a really giant gorilla, like a King Kong-sized gorilla, mm. which you'd think would be their main selling point because that doesn't actually exist. Uh, is it giant or was it just really badly animated? I don't care. It works either way. <laughs> because like it's in a cage and it gets let out and then like and then it goes into the circus it's, tent. It's as tall as the big top. It's the it's either the worst animation ever or the biggest plot hole ever. I think where they, like you really should have been talking about this giant ape the whole time. I think that the background painters and the cell animators just weren't communicating. It's, it's like possible. here's the background for this scene. Well, this is like a, a wide shot of the entire Bigfoot. I just drew this huge gorilla. Put it in there. It's just a huge gorilla now. We don't. We don't. You know what reminded me. <laughs> Was there was that great uh, Max Fleischer Superman cartoon where Superman oh. fought King Kong basically? Yeah, and it's awesome. Well, all like of it's most one amazing, most amazingly well animated shorts ever. Like it's really <laughs> exciting. Those Max Fleischer Supermans are great, except for the really racist ones. Well, in terms of animation, yeah. <laughs> they're really quite great. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not watch the racist ones. The racist ones are really bad. Uh, then there was The Thing and the Queen. And in this one, uh, The Thing tries to help Betty win the homecoming queen mm. because if he doesn't... Look, again, he has Benji's consciousness. That's what's really important. Sa- saving starvation, you know, irrigating crops. That's not and that's not what he's up to. Well, it's really never been Thing's... Thing's a guy who actually yells the words, it's clobbering it's time. He's not really... He's not really irrigation man, you know. It's, yeah, it's oh, when, that's uh, what you get when Hydro Man goes good, you know. Like that's what you look for. <laughs> that's, never, that, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, why is Hydro Man a bad guy? He could like get rich off of providing free water for everyone. Here, have some Hydro Man. Like well, uh, when when the heroes get too ridiculously powerful, it's like, why aren't you just fixing the world at this point? Yeah, Storm can control the weather so from the X Men, and Thor can control the weather. Why are you punching robots? Yeah, fix leave, all this climate leave change. Leave that to other other. Leave that to Robot Punch Man. Yeah, go go to a place that's like suffering a horrendous drought and make it rain for a year. Yeah, fix that. The next episode <laughs> is Carnival Caper. Now the carnival is totally different from the circus mm. because of words. Now in this <laughs> Carnival Caper, in this Carnival Caper, the guy who runs the carnival mm. is a relentless showman. Who would have thought? And uh, he played wants- by Frank Welker. Oh, was he? I didn't yeah. notice. That's funny. Uh, well, Frank Welker was like every fifth voice in this show. Well, of course he, he was. was. He, he was, was in the building. Get uh, of course he was in the building. They had him chained to the wall. <laughs> he could not leave the Hanna-Barbera production offices. Poor Frank Welker. Anyway, he wants to uh, trick the thing into doing a bunch of free shows. And the thing kind of falls for it for a while. But then it goes bad. And mm. then a parrot does a dance. Moving on. The next episode is The Thing Blanks Out. This is the one where the thing gets hit on the head and forgets that he's Benji. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I mean, look, well, amnesia he, he, episodes are usually corny, but that's a problem. He forgets, he doesn't just forget that he's Benji, he forgets what he is. He he looks at his rocky hands and can't decide what species he is, There's so he this, tries to be whatever animal he looks at Like, at he the looks moment. at ducks, and he's like, maybe I'm one of those, and he tries to act like a duck. So he doesn't know what ducks are, either. Well... This is some weird-ass amnesia. Well... Oh, and he gets it because he, he's bonked by, like, a falling bridge. Like, yeah. it's something really horrendous. Well, we already talked about it. He yeah. was like, the bridge wasn't being lifted, a bunch of people were gonna die in a boat, so he pulled up the bridge, and then the bridge just fell on his head. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And Kelly finds him and talks him back to his senses. Good times. Uh, the next oh, thing- and, and because we know the laws of physics thanks to sitcoms, a, mm. a blow to the head causes amnesia. Another blow to the head restores memory. That's true. That's, that's medical fact. That's science. According to sitcoms. That's just science. That's just... The that's raw like, data is out there. I don't and, understand why they don't have lightning rods in every cemetery. Just bring everyone back. <laughs> just stab them. That's science. That's lightning science. brings people back to life. Boom. Right. <laughs> Done. 
the next episode. A recent spate of electrified corpses was found today. <laughs> the thing meets the clunk. And this one, another scientist has mm. built a robot that is uh, designed to fix things, but it fixes things wrong and it breaks everything. Mm. And there's this weird bit where the thing finds the robot and they subdue the robot, but then they have trouble getting the robot back to the lab. And it's just mm. like, oh, God, we got to take the bus with this robot. And like no one like no one wants to drive the robot. <laughs> I appreciated that moment that, yeah. of humanism. Like they're just like that would that <laughs> would be a problem. A little bit of humanity. I'm writing with this. Friend. The robot, by the way, it's not a cool looking robot. It looks like a clown version of Bender. Like it's, it's a big yeah. inverted funnel. It's just this dumb looking thing. Yeah. Well, you can't make it look cool. Well, why not? Because it's Hanna-Barbera. Well, okay, there's that. The next episode is... There's that that robot in Scooby-Doo. Now, Scooby Doo is not a cartoon I like, that's but, a, but that's only in the credits. That's not actually they don't they don't use that. Just in the make good it look one. like that. That's that all. They could have just done that. The next one is Beach Party Crashers, and in this mm-hmm. one, people crash a beach party. Mm-hmm. It, it's more of a setting and a setup for gags. This this takes a lot more of its tonal cues from stuff like Laugh-In uh, than it does from superhero comics. Well, what bothers me about it really is that okay, so you're going to do a superhero story, and you want it to be about a teenager. Hmm. I don't know why you picked the thing, but okay, let's just ignore that for a minute. You're mm. going to do stories about teenagers. This is what they think teenagers are. They go to they, beach parties. They think they go to beach parties. They're just constantly off to one banal adventure after another. There's no homework. There's no drama. There's no parents. <laughs> I don't understand why so many people... I guess when you think about it, like shows about teenagers in this particular milieu, take a drink... Mm. Um, they're not aimed at teenagers. They're aimed at kids who would want to be teenagers yeah. soon and have that little and bit of freedom and go off on madcap adventures. But wouldn't you want a cool adventure? <laughs> Why would you want, like, we're going to go to a bird sanctuary. Kids just like, ooh, that's coming in the future. I get to go to bird sanctuaries. <laughs> the, the eight-year-old taking notes. Wow, bird sanctuary. Tell me more, knowledge box. Uh <laughs> I, and I actually was I was thinking about this while I was watching Fred and Barney Meet the Thing. Uh, the notion of the teenager just sort of as a separate class of people separated from the rest of, of, uh, mm-hmm. of, of America is a relatively new concept. Not that there hadn't, you know, people were in their teenagers before that, mm. but teenagers were children and then there were adults. There wasn't that sort of transitional it wasn't demographic. It wasn't yet. considered the super important phase in one's life yeah. that you needed until, to cater to as marketing until the 1950s mm-hmm. like that late so the notion of teenagers as protagonists i want to know what the very first like story was the very first tv show from, first first book that was told specifically from the perspective of teenagers for a younger audience. And I'm sure that there are examples in literature from yeah. before that, but we're talking about in this era when we talk about the way mm. that multimedia treats teenagers now. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, Spider-Man was atypical mm. at the time. Movies were mostly about adults. And, and occasionally you'd have like a, a piece of like kids' fantasy literal, literature like A Wrinkle in Time, which yeah. had kids and teenagers on adventures together, and that yeah. was for... But that was also a book for kids and teenagers. Yeah. But like stuff like the Wild Ones, which of like, course yeah, had like thirty-five-year-old teenagers, or Rebel Without a Cause, <laughs> so what, which had more plausible teenagers. These were like milestones the, because they yeah, were catering the, the to the first market. The first like adults who's you know adults are making these is trying to think. Kids want to want to do this. Like we've already uh, established this for kid like the JD films for teens. Andy Hardy. Andy Hardy with Mickey Rooney. 
Okay. It was an extended series of hit films. About, about a, teenager? a Mostly a teenager. He was started right. off pretty young, but he was a teenager for most of it. Okay. And that was in the 30s and 40s. Oh, I guess you're so right. I think okay. Andy Hardy would be like Andy Hardy least, predates that. All at right. least one of the first big ones. That's that's a good. That's an excellent point. Okay. I didn't think of Andy Hardy. Okay. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I got one. You got one. Okay, so Andy Hardy might have been the first one. Okay. But yeah, the, the sort of fetishization of teenagers as this sort of separate demographic that teenagers could look up to and, and, and teenagers could aspire to and adults could be nostalgic about was was a really recent invention. Mm-hmm. And I think, At least as a popular yeah, like, as, as a popular thing, entertainment yeah. Uh, yeah. device. Anyway, mm. we got off track. Uh, the next episode was Beach Party Crashers. And this one, uh, a beach party gets crashed. Next, yeah, you, next you, episode. You, 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 we, we covered that one already. Did we already? Yeah. Okay. There's Decepto the Great... Mm. Uh, and this one is it a was it a it's magician? like a it's a it's a party and they hire a magician and there's like this magician is going to get here and it's really great but it turns out he's like a fraud and also a thief oh yeah he was going to like use his magic powers to steal like he's going to by the way he's playing himself mm. so he's going to blow his cover to steal like a couple hundred bucks from a charity function in Centerville right. You're a magician. You have good hey, magic look, powers. Super villains all have to start somewhere. All right. The next episode is called "The Things the Play." Isn't that cute? And uh, this one, Betty is. Uh, this is the one where Betty gets an acting coach, right? Yeah. And the acting coach develops a weird fixation on Betty, stalks her, p- goes full Phantom of the Opera. The thing saves her, and at the end, he's just like, "Well, I guess I'm a little insane." And then the episode is over. Well, it's revealed that he was obsessing over Betty because she looked like some lady in a portrait. But, like, they're driving away with him in the car. It's like, yeah, I don't know what came over me. I'd better see somebody about this. And I'm like, Well, that's yeah. healthy. Well, yeah, but I feel <laughs> he, like maybe he did, we he should, did like... something really horrendous, and now he's, he's going to... Uh, to we're, we're, all, the, uh, we're all pretty blithe about it, though, is my <laughs> point. I feel like we should be taking this a little bit more seriously and maybe take... I hope you're driving him to a mental health facility yeah, for him to Seeking, seeking talk some to help some, for okay. himself. Okay, as long as that's the case, I'm fine. Uh, the next one is Double Trouble for the Thing. In this case, uh, there is another thing. Mm. The other thing is a robot who's stealing... And everyone's like, ah, the thing, I always knew he was bad. And the thing is just like, but I'm not a guy. I'm the idol of millions. How are you going to be so embarrassed? Every time he said idol of millions, I could only think of a really horrendous speech from the Ren and Stimpy show. Mm -hmm. Where Ren was standing over Stimpy's Stimpy's sleeping bodies and he's the idol of millions. He like reaches for and he wants to break his neck. Like he wants to murder Stimpy in that moment. He gives this big long speech about the idol of millions is a fool. (laughs) I could only ever think of that. The idol of millions is a fool. Anyway, the thing fights the thing and the thing wins. The next episode, The Thing... I'm sorry, not The Thing and Treasure Hunt. The next episode is To Thing or Not To Thing. We already talked about this one at mm. length. Yeah. Uh, the next episode is The Big Bike Race. And in this one, there's a big bike race. I guess that's what teenagers did? Sure. Big bike races? Teen- <sighs> teenage car culture in the 1950s and 60s must have been very strange. I, I think... Like, if you just had a car for the first time, and you're just going out on the, the, the roads for the first time, and there's nothing out there right now. All yet. of a sudden, you're in like, Mad Max. Like yeah, every, like, 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 you see another person with a car, you're legally obligated to race them, and if your car blows up and you die, them's the brakes, or at least you should have bought them. And you, you watch stuff like Rebel Without a Cause, and they're just driving off of cliffs. It's yeah, like, that's, that's, that's what stupid you do. thing to do! That's what you do to entertain yourself, because you're so bored! <laughs> 
And no all one's have, making entertainment all for All you have yet. is a car. That kid in Rebel Without a Cause would be alive today if Fred and Barney meet the thing here's, had been around in the 1950s to entertain them. <laughs> Here, here's my theory. Drive-in theaters grew up around groups of cars with teenagers having sex in them. Like, they were already gathered in the, in the same spot so teenagers could have sex in cars because that's all you could do. And they just said, why not put a movie in the background? There you go. They built the screen. It's not bad. <laughs> around the cars. Uh, the next episode is The Thing and the Treasure Hunt. And this one, they're at the beach and they find a treasure map. And oh, the Yancey Street Gang is following them, trying to like, oh, well, they're, they're going to solve the, all the clues, but we'll take the treasure. And they do. But then they try to turn in, they try to use the treasure at the bank. And they're just yeah. like, this is all stolen. And then the bank has like a jail cell that, that crashes on them. around their bodies. Yeah. You know, just in case. Yeah. And uh, But then they're just like, we believe you. You're morons. It's fine. And then they get like a <laughs> gift certificate. And then that's yeah. that. They get $5 off frozen yogurt. Yeah. But it comes with your I- choice of toppings. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> the toppings contain potassium benzoate. Uh, that's bad. Can I go now? <laughs> The next day is out to launch. I don't actually. Is this the one with the boat launch? Is that what it was? Is this the regatta? It's probably a regatta of some kind. If there's one thing I knew, I learned from one crazy summer is that every summer there's a regatta. If, if you're rich and white, sure. Well, they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next episode is the... That's all we've got, folks. The next episode... <laughs> I swear we watched there, it. There may have been a boat race in this one. The next episode is the day the ring didn't do a thing. Mm-hmm. And in this one, Benji loses... He only loses one of the rings. It was only like, one, yeah. yeah. You gotta use them both. He loses one of them. And the and, biker finds it. Yeah, one of the ancestry yeah. guys finds it, and he thinks it's his lucky ring. And their, the whole plot is they have to convince him that it's unlucky. Mm. I, I wish there was this weird sort of Cronenbergian thing where they they said in unison, thing, ring, do your thing, and they each punched each other's fists. And then it's like at the end of the fly where the monster like absorbed pieces of the, the <laughs> pod and they both sort of like just fell with rocks lodged under their flesh. That would have been great. That would have been great. The next episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Sadly, Hanna-Barbera couldn't animate that. A hot air affair. Hmm. Well done. A hot air affair at the fair. That's actually kind of hard to a say. A hot air affair at the fair. This is a hot air balloon race. There are a lot of races in Centerville. That's mm. all we've got, folks. All they can do is run away from it. <laughs> There's a hot air balloon race. Mm. They win. Mm. Moving on. Uh, the thing goes to the dog. This is one where... There's a dog show. It's a dog show. And Ronald, someone, ha- Ronald has a, a dog. A prize dog. prize dog. A prize dog. A prize dog who that can wears like, sunglasses. Who wears sunglasses and can talk in via charades. Mm. And the dog gets kidnapped by the Yancey Street Gang. And the Yancey Street Gang like, immediately gives them the dog back. It's like, hey, listen, here's a note for the Yancey Street Gang. Uh, we were trying to learn you a lesson because you were a really mean guy. But here's the mm. dog. No harm, no foul. And then the next thing they do is, well, how can we get horrifying revenge on them? And so they mm. do, and they like break into their place again and destroy all their property. And, uh, and the answer, this is the, the one. The Yancey Street Gang has nothing. All right, they're they're you, they're, they're so bad. For they're, they're sleeping jerks, on, but they have on nothing. Box springs with rats. They're they're living in complete and utter poverty. As far as I can tell, they're the only homeless people in all of Centerville. Uh, probably the case. Like they're 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 acting out, and that's a problem. But mm-hmm. the the solution is not beating them up constantly. The solution is um, to extend that- an olive branch and use some of Ronald's millions to get them set up a bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> let them you know let you them think not- Ronald would say, oh this this dump won't do. Why don't I just build a mansion? Well the Ancy Street gang's in there. Fine, it's their mansion. I don't care. Fine. Yeah, who what gives a shit? Problem solved. Like, so, but they, this is also the one where the Ancestry Gang has an anthropomorphic cat in a hat. 
Marvel canon. Yep, Marvel canon. There's a there's yeah, a it, perfect it, cat. It where's, does, a, where's a cap? It a does beanie. violate rules though that of of bringing the anthropomorphic animal into this until now only human show. There was an occasional funny parrot. Yeah, there were, parrots there were, and parrots there were, and parrots of vague like go- gorillas and elephants that had vaguely the, human characteristics. The parrot but they talk, were, but it's an, a parrot. You but they were animals. They were yeah. animals. They were just animals. And now we have an a, anthropomorphic a, 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 walk- a bipedal yeah. cat who wears clothes and talks mm. a little bit. It kind of meows. Words, it talks yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it's um, so because they're, these are only animals, we can only infer then that the Yancey Street Gang trained the cat to do that which makes them amazing they should be winning this animal show the, 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 they have a cat that walks upright i'm not sure if you've ever seen a cat walk upright but it's really disturbing uh, our kitten has done that yeah. on more than one occasion and it freaks me the fuck out uh-huh right. it's not right <laughs> it's not right it's so weird uh the next episode the thing goes camping in this episode the thing goes camping goes camping do you remember the, anything else about this episode the, i remember the inflatable mansion and and that Ronald thinks roughing it is not rough at all. And Great. The next episode. You've, you've heard the term glamping before, have you? Yeah, glamorous camping. Glamour, glam camping. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, just camping, but kind of not really. Camping, but making it too nice, so it kind of defeats the purpose of going camping. Oh, it's Yeah, it's like camping, but as comfortable as possible. Like yeah. there's, you don't actually experience any discomfort. The next episode is Dude Ranch Rodeo. Mm. Uh, and this one, they're at a dude ranch, and there's a rodeo. Mm. Do you remember anything about this? This one's this gone from my memory. This too. is not the one where he's a cowboy and wears the jeans. There's a... Isn't it? No, that was the last one, where they go to the, the other ranch. How many ranches does he go to? <laughs> anyway, moving on. The next episode is Photo Finish. This one's odd because I don't understand it. Yeah. The premise is they're going to a zoo and the zoo is having a photo contest and everyone at the zoo is trying to take the best photo of the animals at the zoo. Ronald mm. constantly falls into things and in the end, mm. Kelly wins the contest because she took photos of Ronald in embarrassing circumstances. Mm. At which point, He's Ronald... the animal at the zoo. At which point, Ronald actually argues, uh, yeah, I challenge that. Mm-hmm. That's I'm not a, an animal at this zoo. The well, rules were pretty specific. Hum, humans are animals, and you are at the zoo. So, and then, well, the guy actually says, "Well, you belong in a zoo, sir." Yeah. <laughs> at which point, I would again, mm-hmm. I'm on Ronald's side. Yeah. <laughs> he was, I mean, yeah, he's a dink, but he's mm-hmm. been humiliated, and they changed the rules just to make fun of mm-hmm. him more. Ronald's gonna buy that zoo and fire that guy, <laughs> and not without cause. Remind me of that that. Uh, that moral loophole at the end of the the second or a, the second rebooted Planet of the Apes movie, where they have a very specific rule among the chimps: you're not allowed to kill other apes. Ape must not kill ape. Uh-huh. And there's a scene where they have a a big showdown in cliched action location number twenty eight, and mm-hmm. and uh, it ends with Caesar holding the bad guy like over a pit, like by his hands, like I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you. And the bad guy says, "Oh, you can't kill me. Ape does not kill ape." And then he just says. You're no ape. And kills him anyway. <laughs> it's like you just killed it. You, you violated not, your own rule. Yeah, that's you, Batman you, Begins. Like I don't. Have, I can't. I can't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Yes, you do. Yeah, you you're, do. You're Batman. You, you're you save, fucking Batman. You, you save, ass. You even save the bad guys because they can be absolved. That's what makes you a hero, you dummy. That's what makes you Batman, you dick. Okay. Uh, the next episode was uh, lights, action, thing. 
Uh, this one, they are they're they're. That sounds, that sounds like a note that they needed to f- fill in later. They're flouncing about in like the woods, and they stumble across people making a movie. Mm. And Ronald and Betty get cast in the movie immediately because that's what you do when you make a movie. You wait to cast the protagonists until you're already there. And they're having a problem with one of the stuntmen has gone rogue, uh-huh. and he wants to uh, uh, destroy the set. And he has built a giant mechanical octopus that will kill them. If we notice the show well, they, they is very anti-octopus, there's like eight look, octopi in this movie, uh, that, in this show that kill people. They're or evil, try to. They're evil creatures. They, they're shorthand for evil. It's like a snake or a serpent. Mm. They're, they're, they're slithery and strange, and they always serve as bad guys. Uh, me, I love them. Oh, yeah. I, I think octopi are really cool. They're, they're fascinating creatures. You hear, that, you, hear that, you hear that theory that they might not even be from Earth? I, I believe it because yeah, they have they have like none of the same like physiological characteristics of any other species on Earth. Mm. The, like the, the theory they, that they, they might have like arrived here via meteorite and just grown and like evolved separately from humans. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool. It makes total sense. And you know that their their brains are donut shaped. I did not know that. That's like, amazing. They 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 have a mouth on the bottom, and they eat food. And the food passes through a tube that goes through their brain. That's so fucking And weird. to their stomach, which is on the other side of their brain. That's amazing. Which means they can, they're kind of like thinking their food when they eat it. That's amazing. It's like they're not like they're sensing their food in ways we can't even perceive. Wow. All right. Uh, the next episode is The Thing and the Captain's Ghost. In this one, uh, it's the Scooby-Doo episode. Uh, There's yeah. a Captain's Ghost. But is there? Is it and a g g g ghost? It is. N- it is not a g g g ghost. Although I do think they do a d d d d door gag, uh, where they're running around from each door and they all mm. pop out of different doors. And my favorite. That's never. That's never actually funny, Hanna Barbera. Silly, yes. Funny, never. It's funny in Yellow Submarine. It was funny in Futurama when they when they lampooned it. Yeah, you can lampoon there's, it, but they're they, doing the gag. They, sh- is they showed that hallway where there's a bunch of doors on either side, and they're d- doing the Scooby Doo chase. It's a spoof of Scooby Doo, and uh, they show the shot and they're playing the, the montage music and they run past the door in the background and the door shuts and then it just stays on that shot static and nothing else happens for like three seconds <laughs> and then they cut. <laughs> just don't have any gag there. And then the last episode ever was The Thing and the Absent-Minded Inventor. And this one, The Thing meets an absent-minded inventor mm-hmm. and the absent-minded inventor is late for the science show. He's got to show off his latest invention. They got to get him there but he keeps like wandering off and doing leftover bits from Popeye. And... Um, when he finally gets there, it turns out his invention is a vacuum cleaner so powerful it sucks up all the other inventions, and he wins by default because he's the only entrant. And again, I'm like, okay, all of you scientists but, have the right to be mad scientists now. You have the right to be mad but, but, scientists. Uh, but perpetual motion, I just did it! <laughs> Apparently not! Cold fusion is dead now! <laughs> Look, it's a really powerful vacuum cleaner, okay? It's, it's, not, a, it's not a vacuum cleaner. It's a monster. It, yeah. it like has a face and fangs and stuff. It eats everything. Just in case. <clears throat> what, 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 what is it vacuum cleaning? The Atlantic? <laughs> yeah, you know, just in case. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We we uh, sadly we're gonna have to start wrapping this up because Whitney has to go. Uh, uh, the thing mm-hmm. uh, that had lasted a hundred episodes would have been the death of me. <laughs> uh, this well, show is not funny. It's not exciting. Every it has a certain weird Hanna Barbera uh, kind of limbo effects where like you're right. watching it and you know it's pretty short. So mm. you might as well not change the Just channel because something good might be on afterwards. You're, you're already high. You may as well. Yeah. Like it's just that kind of 
entertainment? Mm. Well, and uh, people who are like big fans of superhero comics are going to want to see something a little bit strange just as a piece of like e- ephemera that yeah. they can put in, in sort of the, the effluvium pile. When you look um, at just all the <clears throat> weird missteps Marvel made when trying to get their stuff made on mm. television and in movies, this is one of the weirdest examples of we completely missed the point of the character. Mm. We totally thought people would go for this. I don't know why. But it's like, what, what's, what's your fantasy, kids? What do you want? I want to turn into a 40-year-old cigar-chomping Brooklynite who likes to hit people and doesn't like well, himself. Here's the weird thing. When you're playing superheroes as a kid, you you imagine yourself to be the thing, right? And you t- yeah, amongst others, but yeah. you're not yourself with thing powers. When you're playing that game, you're doing you know the it's clobber in time dialogue, and you're and you're taking on bits of his character. You're play acting. So in but a weird a way, tragic figure though, isn't he? Though isn't he like he doesn't want to be the no, thing. Batman's like the a tragic Hulk. figure too. Kids still dress up as Batman. I guess. I guess. I guess you're right. I guess when, they're not I, fantasizing about their parents being murdered. Yeah. When so I like when I first became, leaving out the bad parts. When I first became a parent, I noticed all these little boys are running around in Batman shirts and Superman. Shirts. I want to be Batman. Why do you want to be Batman? I'm dead if you're Batman. <laughs> if you're Superman. I'm dead if you're Superman. Okay, I want to be Spider-Man. I'm dead if you're Spider-Man. <laughs> In all of your superhero fantasies, I'm dead. I don't like this. <laughs> like, me being dead is important to you if you're any of those characters. So you're not taking on any of those tragic aspects when you're play, act- play acting is the thing. You're not going to want to play act to be the thing and just sort of sit around saying, I'm depressed. Are you really? Are you depressed, Billy? No, I'm, I'm pretending to be the thing. We're just playing a game. I'm depressed. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, God. So it, it's, it's a, t- taking that weird, unadulterated version of playground play and trying to project it also into this weird teenagers are cool version of TV that was going on in the late 1970s, mixing them together and coming up with something that even people who are high wouldn't come up with. Yeah. Um, it, it's so strange that, yeah, it's worth seeking out and seeing two or three. Yeah, uh, you pick, y- pick a couple random episodes and you got the gist of it. Yeah, you do not, and and there's not one that's any better than any of the others. Yeah, if you want to see the you, one... like, the definitive version of it. If you want to see the one that kind of, like, explains as much as it explains to thing or not to thing. That's the one. That's the one that actually gets into what the fuck is going on. But, like, just But it, do- watch, but it watch, doesn't all the way. It doesn't. Just, so, yeah. like, watch, like, two random episodes and then watch to thing or not to mm-hmm. thing, and you've seen the whole show. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I, I, this one was my idea because I remember the show being weird. I thought it would be weird in like an entertaining way. And what I have learned is that Hanna-Barbera was never entertaining. No. Never once. No. Never once. I'm sure someone's screaming. Don't, don't. What about blank? Yeah. Watch it again. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> watch it again. If it was from like the. Scooby-Doo is not good, guys. It's not it's actually not. a good it's show. It's not a good show. There's, there's stuff we liked about it. But it wasn't actually good. The conversations we had about Scooby-Doo a decade after watching it are way more interesting yeah. than the show itself. I think it's one of the reasons why those new Hanna-Barbera comics mm. have excited so many people, because like there are interesting ideas behind some of this stuff. Aww. The actual implementation was usually crap. <laughs> like Flintstones was pretty good at the time, and it's certainly novel at the time when there wasn't primetime animation everywhere. Yeah, it's not actually that good. <laughs> it's not actually a good show. And as, really. and as I've said on the show before, it was the one show that I was not allowed to watch. My, my mom was very permissive. She let us watch pretty much anything. So, you know, within reason. We couldn't just stay in front of the TV all day. But, uh, it, yeah, the, the Flintstones was, was verboten. And with good cause. 
Your mom had good taste. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, that is it for this week's episode of Canceled Too Soon. We're going to do a letters episode. So if we you want to email us, canceltoosoon at gmail.com. We'll be doing that real, real soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, later this month, for our marvelous month of marvels, for our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash soon. Uh, we are going to be reviewing not one, but two mm-hmm. TV movies about Captain America. That's right. From the 1970s, back when he had a cool motorcycle and a see-through <laughs> shield. And uh, I, I think Christopher Lee was one of the bad guys. Yeah, Christopher Lee was one of the bad guys. That's, yeah, that's he, I, I watched them a while ago. Uh, we'll, we'll watch them again. He had another boat to buy. Uh, so we're going to explore that. But the rest of this month, nothing but Marvel shows. And next time, we're looking at possibly the most notorious failed Marvel show of all time. At least the most expensive. And certainly the most recent, it is Inhumans. Oh, yeah. You asked us to review Inhumans a while ago. We waited until it was officially canceled. Marvel sat on that for months. (laughs) And at that point, we're like, well, shit, we might as well wait. We were going to do a whole Marvel month Mm -hmm. anyway. So coming up next, it is Inhumans. It is currently available on Amazon if Mm -hmm. you want to watch it with us. It used to be on Hulu for free. It's not anymore. Hulu with paid subscription anyway but, but like yeah. yeah you would see it on hulu and mm. like and now you have to piecemeal it out yeah and... yeah so thanks hulu thanks mm. thanks, thanks for making things as difficult as possible yeah i watched runaways and you do me like this come on <laughs> i like i liked runaways the one is i gave you the good mm. one they give me the bad one now come mm. on uh but we got that going on we got a whole bunch of ones maybe you've heard of some of them some of them are gonna be real weird and obscure uh go over to the cancel too soon patreon page for our latest poll mm-hmm. uh which should be up in the next day or so you're gonna be able to pick one uh failed marvel pilot for us to review uh this month and uh, a whole bunch of other cool stuff is going on besides so if you want more of us check us out on other podcasts critically acclaimed where we review new movies and notoriously bad movies that are picked by our listeners and we pair them up with a good movie uh coming up next we've got reefer madness hooray yeah which whitney has paired with a movie i haven't seen yet and we're recording tonight so i gotta run off to our local video store (laughs) and hope they have it um so uh that'll be interesting but we don't want to say what it is just in case you can't find it we have to have to pivot at the last minute might have to switch that up uh but uh, that is going on uh so you can find us on twitter at cancelcast i'm at william bibiani i'm at whitney seibold and uh that's a wrap folks We'll see you next season.